listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mades. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades, from denverstiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm joined today by my main man from Denver Stiffs, Brendan Vote. How's it going, Adam? That was an intro. You weren't ready for it. I thought there was going to be a question. I thought you were going to ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing? Not great. <laughs> Still recovering <laughs> from the uh, from last night's roundtable and the events that <laughs> preceded. Last night was a real one. Um, last night's show, the audio quality was terrible, in part because the sound engineer for that, myself, um, I think it can all be blamed on the same thing. Yeah, we could you you could you can figure out what was <laughs> what's implied, I guess, in that one. We were lit up <laughs> for, for what was a very fun podcast. If somehow you 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 are able to make it um, through <laughs> the, the mixed match voluming, <laughs> there was great discussions among many topics. How to skin a cat, which <laughs> I've always hoped we would get to the bottom of that. Yeah, we got it. It was good. It was good stuff. A plus quality. But this episode of the show, a little bit more uh, on brand, uh, so to speak, a little bit more uh, real. But before we get there, we do have the Locked On Nuggets voice mailbag. If you ever want to call in uh, tomorrow, would be a nice, nice opportunity to take some some voicemails. If you want to call in 303-578-9393, again, 303-578-9393, you can leave me a message. Try to keep them somewhere around a minute or under don't give me a long rambling one, um, but it, send me some mail and, and maybe I'll get to your questions tomorrow. Answer them about camp. We are out here in San Diego, San Diego, San Diego uh, for Nuggets training camp. And I got to say, man, San Diego, not all it's built up to be. It's cold. It might be where we're spending our time. The part of town we're in. I'll keep it real. You think? Yeah. It's colder in this part of town? No, no, no. Well, that's... <laughs> listen, man. It's the SoCal gloom. It's overcast in the morning. It gets nice in the afternoon. The problem is, is we're fact. spending our afternoons <laughs> indoors on our computers. That's that is a big true. Part of it. Yeah, the morning part we have free. Then we go to camp, and then the afternoon we work. So yeah, you're right about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. San Diego. Have you spent a lot of time here? I was here when I was a kid. Great trip. And I was here a little bit when I was living in L.A. every now and then. Um, but I, you know... It's been a while since I spent real time in the city. I think we should go to the beach tomorrow. I think we should, too. We need to get some sun. Look, we're in San Diego. We're not really utilizing this time properly. I've been here now two days, and I've been at the house. I've been at the training facility, and that's it. That's just about it. I went to Chipotle today, which I've really seen the culture. Bowl Um, or burrito for you? I had the bowl. Good for you. It was, yeah. It's like like that's healthy, right? It's it's only a thousand calories instead of fifteen hundred. Yeah, healthier, <laughs> yeah, healthier, slightly healthier. I do see Junior Seau around town. Quite do you a really? I've seen him like well, not like this like, week. No, like murals and, oh. and and things. Jesus, man, we can't. I was be like, a, dude, that's all. You gotta invite me out, yeah, man. No, uh, well, he's dead, and uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's why I thought you Yikes. were joking at first. Nope, nope, <laughs> no, no. I've seen, but so but he's like a pretty big presence down here in San Diego. Uh, I'm kind of surprised for that. I hope the Nuggets are done traveling for camp. I hope this is the last year. Yeah, well, it should be. I mean, they're a professional basketball team, and like a lot of the things that they've done in in these last few years, but frankly, I think the teams in this league that really want to be the best spend the money to be the best, and that means not having to travel to hold training camp. And especially so far. And look, the NBA, like Denver Nuggets, or Denver Broncos training camp, there's a thousands of people that go to watch right and, and it'll never be like that basketball's different it, it, 
the, you know, the city, all that stuff is different. But I do feel like there's a certain buzz you can create by just being present. And I wonder, I mean, you know, the, you don't, you're not hearing a lot of news right now or hype about Nuggets Media Day or training camp. And I wonder if that's a large part of it. I mean, if you're a fan and they're gone, it still feels like you're a ways out from the actual start of the season. Out of, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's really where they are. They're out of sight quite quite literally that uh, they have to go. Um, you know, well, the first question I have for you, though, man, Isaiah Thomas – he, I, I think he might actually miss. Do you get a sense that he might actually miss significant time? Not just oh well, a couple weeks and then he'll he'll. I, I kind of feel like he might miss a month, two, maybe maybe even more than that. I really feel like every conversation we've had, you know, both sort of at these media events and even just sort of candidly with with front office members, s- seems to imply that. They're not trying. They don't want any expectations here. The last thing they want are expectations to be, you know, failed to be met. And um, there's no real indication that he's going to be back anytime soon. There seems to be a concerted effort to temper those expectations. So I agree with you, man. Yeah, and you know, look, that's not a good thing. Um, obviously, he was brought in to be an impact player, um, but there could be some good things that come out of it. And namely, Monte Morris, who is now sort of thrust into a, a, a big role. I mean, he's going to play every night. Right? There's nobody else that can do point guard things like like Monte can no he's the next guy up and I think Malone used the term skipping steps right M- mm. Monte's had this progression and now all of a sudden it's an accelerated timeline we need you to be ready now I think he might be but that's why if I remember correctly in that roundtable episode I picked Monte as my most intriguing player in training camp and preseason just for that reason you know he's going to be assuming these backup point guard duties for who knows? It could be a couple months, maybe longer, Adam. So he's he's definitely a guy to watch. I don't get the sense that Monte is on the Malik Beasley track. And what I mean by that is, you know, Beasley's going into year three, and I still don't feel like he's got a role on the team. I think Monte has a role, uh, a very important one. And I think he's a guy that when you talk about going, not skipping steps and going through the process, I feel like Monte had it, uh, didn't get opportunities last year, but the opportunities like in the G League that he had and, and everything that he's been given, he's worked and, and like passed the test. And Agreed. now he's ready. And now he's ready for the big test. Right, from college to, to G League to Summer League, right? Yeah. He thought he was the best player on the floor several times at Summer League. So this is a guy that appears to be ready. You know, he might be a guy, Adam, and I'd love to be wrong, where the ceiling is sort of clearly defined, mm-hmm. but the floor is high. Yeah. And so that's the type of guy they were hoping they were getting when they drafted him. And again, everyone we talk to around the organization seems to be excited about Monte. Yeah. He's good. And, and I think him getting an opportunity to play for a month, Isaiah Thomas is probably better. I mean, especially if he's fully I mean, healthy. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it could be a blessing in disguise in this way. I thought the same thing about Millsap getting hurt last year and that – Obviously, it would have been better to make the playoffs, but him him missing, he got to see how Jokic is when Jokic is the fulcrum of the offense. And unfortunately, it didn't happen right away when he went down, but certainly in the month of February, I think with Monte, or, or I'm sorry, with Isaiah Thomas, he's such a, a game changer in his style of play that maybe getting to see the Nuggets for a month or two, maybe he sees like, okay, this is who these guys are, and, and he just fits in a little better. And maybe they see that too, right? So going back to your point about Millsap being injured, there was a six-game stretch where Jokic was injured, injured as well, and Malone was very impressed with the way in which Gary stepped up, Jamal yeah. stepped up, in ways that maybe we wouldn't have gotten to see as fans, but also they, right, confidence is everything when you clear a certain talent threshold. And Gary and Jamal are guys who needed to see themselves filling that role. They're still so young. And so the the silver lining to Millsap's injury is we saw what the Nuggets are capable of without having to rely on that. 
perhaps to your point, Adam, you know, that dynamic is present here again with IT. I think I think it is. Oh, at least I think it can be. Um, a lot of excitement right now with the Nuggets in this camp. I mean, it's just been a – it's hard to explain because everybody's positive, I think. Well, not everybody, but almost everybody's positive this time of year. But Denver definitely feels more focused and just uh, – there's just a lot of uh, good stuff coming. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, though, I do want to talk about some players we haven't talked about a whole lot. Jamal and Gary Harris, and I know we, we touch on them, but their names came up a lot today, and I want to talk about that. We'll be right back. back here um Nikola Jokic has been injured he injured his finger it looks like I think his right index finger I think I don't know if we've gotten confirmation but some of the photos they tweeted out today it looked like that was the one that was bandaged up um it doesn't sound like it's a big deal they use the company line that you always hear which was oh if this was a regular season he'd be playing and it'd be no big deal um since it's the preseason to hold him out uh but is, are you concerned at all about this injury? No. And day one, we're in, you weren't here yet. They actually let us talk to Jokic, which I don't think they would have done if they were really worried about injury concerns. Yeah. His fingers were taped up a little bit, but not full splints, just tape. And Malone said today he's been able to do the most. This is still limited, but the most he's been able to do in training camp thus far. This is all precautionary. It's training camp. You don't need to worry about Jokic. You just want him to be healthy. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal either, other than um, – you know, I just want th- this. He's such a game changer when he's on the floor that that it changes the whole style. But at the same time, man, he's been here three years, and this team has so much continuity that it's a bit like riding a bike. Sure, they're probably working on some other stuff right now, but when he comes back a day or two, and it's like, oh yeah, there's there's Joker running the show. He's as close to a, like a known thing, right, as there is on the team right now. So yeah, there's no reason to. It's all precautionary. There's no reason to put him out there unless he's 100 percent healthy. So it's been three days. I've been poking around and asking different players, different different people that get to watch the practice portion and stuff, and just who stands out. And one of the things I've heard consistently, and I think this is really exciting, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, I, I think that one of the, be- the best lines I've heard is that they just look like the varsity. like the, They look like the best players on the, on the court, and they yep. can kind of do what they want, both physically – and, but also just as basketball players, and I think that's really encouraging, especially the physical part, because Jamal Murray's really young. Well, this is sort of the unique part about the makeup of this Nuggets roster, right? Malone spoke on this on Media Day. These guys that are asked to fill into the veteran role now, they're, they're 21, 24, yeah. 20. Like, that's insane. Um, and, and as media members, it, it almost feels now like Gary is like the resident in-house veteran, longest tenured player is, on the though. team. He is, That's yeah, what's weird is that's what's Gary bizarre. feels old to me. Yeah, not so. old like Wash, but just old as in yeah, like he's like he's in his element now. He's as much a staple of this roster as anyone, right? So, talking to people around the team, you get the sense that they're they're assuming that role in a way that is encouraging. Um, so yeah, and and again, you know, another term I've heard with Gary is how creative he is with his finishing. Yeah, I always think that's funny because it's really easy to describe Gary as non-sexy, non-flashy, complimentary. But, you know, he's actually about as creative a guy finishing around the rim as there is. And he has some nice dunks every year. Oh, like yeah. he always has, I mean, he has a lot, but he has like three or four like poster really big-time dunks. Um, it's funny, man. As you were talking, I was just thinking about at the end of the practice today, Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt are kind of messing around and shooting and, like, and stuff. And it's like, they just look like this is not in a bad way. Don't take this in a bad way. They look like the kids. Yep. You know, they look like the youngins. They just have they're young at heart and this and that. 
And after practice now, Jamal Murray, who's also like a year older than both of <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. And, and Gary Harris, they're both just – they're like the vets who have just gone through a really tough workout, and now they're on the bench kind of resting because they put it all on the court for the workout portion. And it's kind of like – I don't know. You can just see that. It's a weird thing. It's a little thing. I don't want it to be overstated, but – No, they're it's 100%. They're all business. I, I think Gary carries himself like he's a veteran. Yeah, I think it's really easy to forget how young he is. And so – you know, he's not a super vocal guy, so that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on, to ask Malone about as the season goes on, is what does it look like for him to be a veteran because he doesn't have a choice at this point. Here's a prediction I'm kind of kicking around, and I haven't gotten here yet, so I'm just going to throw it out there so you kind of see my internal monologue that I'm having with myself. As much as I think Nikola Jokic is the clear-cut best player of this team, I think this season might be the season that this team feels and becomes more than just Jokic's team. And I mean that in a good way. Like, Jokic is the fulcrum. He's the centerpiece and all of that. But Jamal Murray, Gary Harris are capable of carrying a team. Isaiah Thomas capable of carrying a team. Paul Millsap, Will Barton. I think this is the first th- – I think this will be the first year where it's like, yeah, Jokic is the centerpiece, but this is a team. A, te- a team of a bunch of good dudes. We've talked a couple times on the Stiffs NBA show and, and on this podcast about what will it look like in terms of Jokic's statistical improvement and I think the thing that's most likely to go up is probably assists because, to your point, I think this is the year we see everyone else rise around him. It's very reasonable to expect a breakout year for Murray. You know, he's looked so great through two years. Yeah. He's so young. He's going to get better. Uh, Barton is an upgrade at the small forward position. So I agree. I think this is the year where if Jokic has to mix, miss six games, you're still thinking, all right, they can win. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Especially with Mason Plumlee, who I think is a well above average backup center, maybe the best backup center. Um, Jamal Murray, another thing I've, I heard was just that he's getting to the rim so easy. And one of the big questions, again, everything's positive at a camp. Nobody's saying the bad stuff. You know, nobody's That's right. Yeah. So, so take all this with a huge grain of salt. But he adds 15 pounds. He looks bigger and stronger and older. And getting to the rim, like, that's one of the encouraging things. That was one of the things you hoped that – I think the way it was phrased to me was nobody can keep him out of the paint. Yeah, I, I thought there was a, a lack of penetration ability on his part yeah. last season. And he has some handles, but it's not – like, he's not going to shake you off the first move. Sometimes he ends up dancing instead of being decisive and, and being able to just break you down right right off the dribble right he's away. He's settled for that step back that's right. so often that's in, right. in isolation. So I think a huge step for the Nuggets, not only for his ability to get to the rim and score – but also, Adam, point guard duties, right? I mean, one of the best ways to get your teammates involved is to be able to penetrate, to be able to make the defense make decisions, to force them to collapse in ways they haven't before because we know how well this team does when the ball's on the move. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to ask you about Trey Lyles at small forward because I know this is we've talked about this and it's been a storyline. We got to talk with him today for the first time, and, and – um, you know, it sounds like, first of all, it sounds like it's an actual thing. Yeah, when, when Malone made the comment, I wondered if that was just sort of a hypothetical or a throwaway. Yeah. But talking to Lyles at both Media Day and today, you get the sense that, no, this is something that they're actually working towards. Yeah, not even a sense. Like, actually, I think it's yeah. an actual thing. That's like, right. no, he is, we are building some of what we work on around you being a small forward at times. And on Media Day, he said it was mostly through, like, discussion and verbal stuff with Malone. But today he mentioned they're actually drilling him now in different situations that simulate different game situations in which he would be at the three. So it's something that, look, are they going to rely on lineups with Lyles at the three? Frankly, Adam, I hope not. But are they going to toss those out? Because, again, Lyles is a talented basketball player, and I think a real question heading into this season is how do you get him minutes? This might be a path. What was cool about it was when we talked to him today, 
it wasn't just like yeah play some three it was like he was like no i've worked off off season on specific things to be able to play the three including his quickness and like it wasn't something that was they came in for media day and was like, hey, man, we might play at the three. Oh, cool. It sounds like they've been working towards this. Yeah, I don't think it's a talking point. I think it's a reality. And one thing I liked about it was Lyles' awareness. Harrison Wind of BSN, if you didn't know, asked Trey, you know, you played small forward at Kentucky in college. Do you, Can you rely on that? And Lyles was very quick to say, you know what, it's different now, what it means to play the three, what it would mean for me to play that in the NBA. He's not wrong. And that, he's he's actually a pretty good quote. I mean, he doesn't – he's never, like, too enthusiastic, I don't nope. think, or anything he's like that. He's a bit that. of an Eeyore. He's a bit of an Eeyore. But, um, but he actually is a very – I mean, you could just tell a very intelligent, insightful guy and, 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 a, and a thoughtful guy with, with how he responds. Can I ask you, what do you think of Lyles at the three? I'm skeptical. And I think – look – it's a defensive question, not an offensive one. And he's a guy that, again, all reports out of camp is he looks like a whole new player and, and he looks like the best version of himself. He had moments last year where he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. It sounds like maybe he's more consistent with that now. Um, you know, I wouldn't slate him there. I, I would slate him at the center position more than I would slate him at the center. Oh, that's at, interesting. At the power forward. I think statistically speaking, when he was at the, at the center last year, it wasn't a lot of minutes, but the Nuggets were really, really good. Putting him at the three, you know – yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I think he's good for mismatches, but at the three, I don't know that you're trying to just get – he's going to be in a constant mismatch, so are you always looking for him? That would be a mistake. And I just wonder what we're talking about here. Is this him at the three at the second unit? Because yeah, that doesn't sound great, quite right, does it? Well, you know, but yeah, you're right. You're you're absolutely right about that because him is at the three with like Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. I'm no, with it. Not a, not a, no, oh, I'm you're not, not a fan. I'm not a fan because that's a, that's a situation where, you know, those three – you play Jokic ball. You just move mm. the ball, and you're gonna find something. When you put him, when then you put Trey Lyles at the three, there's that there's that tendency to always try to exploit the mismatch, especially in the post. And I just wonder if it's that's always a mismatch. He's oh, six, I see what you're he's saying. He's a big six ten guy, so yeah. he's gonna. So I don't know. I but then if you go to the second unit, and now you're able to pr- play maybe him and Wancho together or something like that, or, and, and you know what, they're basically just both fours. Now I kind of like that because you do it just works more for a second unit. That's right, but you know again with the second unit, you're thinking. I mean, Tory Craig's gonna have a big role in this team, right? And that's a th- that's at the three, right? He's maybe, like, maybe not. Yeah. Why, why is that not the two? Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, now you're on to something. And then you get Wancho <laughs> minutes at the four. That yeah. lineup spaces the floor. And I think there's going to be Jokic Plumley lineups. There's going to be Plumley Millsap lineups. And I think that's why they're thinking, okay, well, that's why Trey's going to move to three. And I would just rather Trey be a part of Millsap Plumley lineups, I guess, maybe, rather than, than something else. But I don't know. It's tough. I, let's put it this way. I'm skeptical that it's going to work. But um, I also am, feel that we don't really know Trey Lyles' game. There's a lot more to it. He's so young, and we've seen so little that – Maybe he does have this extra level of athleticism we haven't seen yet. What I like about it is this. At this point, you got to see what the value is in Lyles, whether that's on the court or as a trade asset. He was too good when Millsap was hurt last year to not explore that, to just have him rotting at the end of your bench as he approaches a restricted free agency. So, you know, him at the three, I'm skeptical. But the idea of, okay, how do we get Lyles on the court? I, I like that line of thinking. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. And then when we get back, we're going to close out. We're going to talk about players' like, best-case scenario coming out of camp and worse. What do they have to gain? What do they have to lose? We'll be right back. All 
All right, we're back here uh, on the Lockdown Nuggets podcast. Uh, before we get started in this final segment, you know, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats because whether you're seeing our a favorite band in person or trying to be in the crowd to cheer on your favorite team, Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort on their app. You can sort by price. Look for seats in different sections and rows uh, of your choice if you got a favorite spot in the arena. Um, and to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners of this show an exclusive promo code uh, for brand new customers. $20 off of an order of $200 or more um, to help you save even more money. Here's what you're going to do. Get on your phone, go to the App Store or Google Play, download Vivid Seats app, use the promo code LOCKEDON, LOCKEDON, and uh, that's where you're going to get your, your, your rebate, uh, $20 back on any purchase of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Basically, anything you want to attend, uh, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code LOCKEDON, and that's how you get your re- rebate. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get the most for your favorite live event. All right, Brandon, let's talk here to close out the show. Let's talk about what players have some of the most to gain and most to lose. And I'm going to throw out some names and or a name, and then I want you to tell me sort of what they have to gain in, in the preseason. Sound like a deal? Yeah, you put me on the spot, but I'm with it. <laughs> Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, plenty to gain. I, I I think this guy's on the fringe of the rotation, and that's not to imply any sort of like tension between he and the coaches of the front office. But he's certainly not the highest guy on the on the list in terms of guys trying to crack that rotation. So we talked about Lyles, who's certainly ahead of him. Um, you know, I think it's going to come down to he or Beasley as to who maybe catches minutes at the tail end of the rotation. But yeah, I think Wancho's future as a Denver Nugget is in somewhat in question and contingent upon this year. He's got a lot of value still like as a trade asset. So if for whatever reason it didn't work out in the preseason, I think Denver could probably find a home for him to get a, another shot. Um, but, you know, it is interesting to me. We kind of alluded to this the last time. Trey Lyles, we're talking about playing small forward. We're not talking about that with Wancho. That's right. And Trey's a bigger guy. That's right. Which would imply that Wancho is behind the depth chart, even at the small forward position, but certainly behind Trey Lyles. And so I think he has a lot to gain because I first personally think he's a great player. I'd love to see him have, you know, something of a breakout year. But what he has to gain is just a chance. When you can shoot like he can, you have a, a chance to make an NBA roster for a long time. But this roster, I agree, man. I don't. It, it doesn't seem like they're as eager to get him out there as the fans are to see him. Yeah, that's absolutely right. What does he have to lose? I mean, his 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 future in Denver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we frankly. kind of alluded to it, but yeah, yeah if there is a real scenario where at the end of preseason, basically right before the season tips off, that Denver looks and says, "Look, he's not going to play unless there's an injury." Um, maybe there's a team out there that wants him pretty soon, and 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 we'll just see. I don't know that Denver is looking to make a trade in November or October or anything, but you know, Michael Malone will sort of create a pecking order, and we saw last year. You know, I think Wancho, we've heard rumblings that maybe he was ready by December to come back in. But because he missed camp and because he missed all his time, your opportunities to get in the, the rotation were just fewer and fewer. And whether that's fair or not, that's the reality for Wancho. So I and, agree. And whether it's fair or not to Malone, too, like to, to try to have to make an adjustment to your rotation midseason on a guy who's unproven. I mean, I get why he it, 
again, we don't know, not, not for a fact, but it sounds like maybe he was healthy and could play and just was out of the rotation. If that is the case, I mean, I get it from a coach's standpoint. It's hard to give a guy a chance when they when you haven't seen him practice. I like, I like to break these sort of players on the roster into tiers in terms of like what their best and worst case scenario is and value that they bring to the team. I look at him right now really as a deal sweetener. Yeah. That's, that's a little unfortunate to He's say. He's so much better than a deal sweetener. I would oh, – I, I, I hope for him to succeed somewhere, preferably Denver, and second preferably in the Eastern Conference because I think he's good. He's one of the players you want to surround Jokic with, right? Just oh. pure shooters, floor spacers. Personally, yes. But the defensive stuff is out is rough, yeah. you know. Yeah, it is interesting though how much has been about Trey Lyles and what can he do and what can, what, what can't he do in these positions. Um, let me see, Tory Craig. I think he's. Quite in there with Coach Malone. I think he's a lock already. Yeah, so I think as long as Malone is the coach here in Denver, Craig has a, a solidified spot in that rotation. I agree. Um, I don't even know if there's a whole lot to go over with him. I mean, the, most to gain, maybe a, a bigger role. But he's a guy that, to me, is going to play, whether it's small forward or whether it's shooting guard. I mean, if Trey Lyles can slide over to small forward, that's great. Torrey Craig slides to shooting guard. Right, that's right. And I think the next step for Torrey in terms of increasing his versatility as a tool for the team is that jump shot right um as things stand you know he's not an awesome shooting guard even off the bench but if that's in a lineup with Lyles and Wancho and guys who space the floor maybe you can get away with it but the next step in terms of him being a Swiss army knife which I think Malone would like to use him as would be opening up his game as a shooter Monte Morris, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but just, we didn't talk about him in terms of what he has to gain. Is there anything big he has to gain, or is he sort of just going to – the best-case scenario is placeholder? Yeah, placeholder for now, which sounds unfortunate, but um, look, Isaiah Thomas, is the upside is just too real. It's a low risk on a veteran's minimum. When he's healthy, he'll get his shot. But Monte can prove even more, as he has every step of the way, as you said earlier, that, hey, when the time is – comes to call my number you can trust me and this will be a great opportunity for him to prove that i actually think he has a lot to gain and it's not short term it's long term i think if he has a great camp then he's going to get a lot of minutes in october and november however long it takes for isaiah thomas to get back and if he can perform in those then he has a great chance of just being handed you know that's one less thing Denver has to worry about next summer they'll say okay we got monte morris we can count on him for 20 minutes a night and so i actually do think this is it's not like this is his shot but there's it, it's his best shot yet to really solidify himself going forward. And what's more is I think Denver really wants that to happen for him. I think they it's been a long time since they've had stability and like you said long-term stability at the backup point guard position. IT's a nice signing, but what they'd really want is to not have to worry about this. Tyler Lydon everything to gain. Everything to gain. And I was talking about this with our good friend TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. Tyler Lydon, you sometimes find yourself grouping him almost like with the two-way guys, right? Yeah, and yeah. He's a first-round draft pick, in, and your feelings of that trade, regardless, he was drafted in the first round. It's hard to think of him in that way. Yeah. He, he, he's got a lot to prove right now. When's the last time someone who was drafted where he was, I mean, is he going to get that second contract? That's a big question right now. Well, it's another thing that's interesting. We haven't heard his name. Trey Lyles has been the guy, right? And and I guess it makes sense. It's his fourth year. With Wancho, it's basically his second. Tyler, it's bas it's his second. Um, we haven't heard his name, but one thing I wonder with with Wancho is, do you need both Wancho and Tyler past this, this year? You might not. Um, lighten the things we know about him. He's got a great deep shot. He's a very good, like, foot-behind-the-line three-point shooter. He, I think... Ha 
is an unselfish guy to the point where you don't feel like he's going to ruin you offensively out there. Um, so he's got some skills that you really like, and then defensively, you know, I think there's at least a little bit of potential there. He might have just passed Juancho Hernan Gomez. I mean, there's a real possibility that they look at those two and say, you know what, we choose Tyler. There's a real possibility that Tyler actually is a more complete basketball player. Yeah. He doesn't have the confidence in his shot the way Juancho does. I think that's the next step for Tyler. Talking with Tyler, he seems to think that's the next step for himself. But he is not just a shooter. This dude is athletic. He was a good rebounder in college and a much better rim protector than you think. I think he might be a more complete player. I still like Wancho, but it's at least up. I'm, I at least understand the perspective and think that it's a fair thing. Um, Malik Beasley. Yeah, you haven't heard his name much this week, have you? Have not. I can't help but notice that this silence speaks volumes here. I think. Yeah, and it's not one of those things where it's you know necessarily a bad thing, but when you just ask, you know, who stood out here, who stood out there, and I guess it's worth noting, you know, Jamal Murray can't be kept out of the paint. Well, he's being guarded by Monte Morris, who's significantly smaller. Um, Gary Harris doing anything he wants on the court. Well, Malik, Be that means the guy guarding him is not doing a very good job of containing him, which would be Malik Beasley. So for every positive, I guess there's a bit of a negative. I don't, I, d I don't know about him either. This is sort of a decision year for Denver with, with him as well. And, and it, like you said, not hearing his name is probably a bad sign. I haven't grouped him with Wancho just in sort of um, he has a lot to gain. He has a lot to prove. He could show us he's more than this. But at the time being, to me, deal sweetener is how I would label him. Michael Malone? Everything to prove, right? I mean, he's on a contract year. Uh, I don't, you know, look to me as a media member, not much to prove. Right. But to the fan base, to ownership, who has to sign off on the extension, he's got to make the playoffs. And if he doesn't, all that talk about culture that he's built, which I give him credit for, means nothing. It's true, the winning is important. But when we just talk about stands to gain in camp, I mean, what are the odds they offer Malone an extension before the regular season? And here's what I would say is. <laughs> you know, the media day, the positive vibes and how cohesive the team was are very real, very important. Seems even more so in camp. They're working hard. Like, there's just, this team just looks like, um, you know, the troops are in formation. You know, like, there's just, the, everybody yes. just seems to be enrolled. And, like, maybe you look at that and say, you know what, we don't want this to be a distraction. The preseason has gone so well. Everything is going so well. Let's just hand the guy an extension now. I get that line of thinking. I don't think it's reasonable to expect that. Um, I, I think, look, because if you were ready to give Malone an extension sans results, it would have happened by now. You wouldn't just be like, well, give us a good camp. Because he's showed <laughs> these things already. Yeah, right? he he's has. proved these things. So if, if you're buying into Malone from that perspective, to that extent, he already has the offer, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, in terms of what to lose, the, the only thing I think Michael Malone stands to lose is maybe like uh, a sense of calm. Because right now I would say the team and himself have a very good sense of calm and focus and this and that. And if for whatever reason things went off the rails over the next couple weeks, you enter the season with a little bit more nervousness. I don't expect it, but I guess that would be the only thing he has. No, but that'll happen as the season goes on. It's not going to be any different from last year if you look at their schedule, their competition. The second half of the season is going to be just as tense. Michael Malone's going to be as tense as ever. <laughs> That's a very good point. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Um, we are through three days of training camp. We're already halfway through training camp. And the crazy part is you're listening to this on a Friday? All right, yeah, you're listening to this on a Friday. We're two days away from our first game. The first game, LeBron James debut as a Laker. It will happen. I can't believe it. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We will be back again tomorrow with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.